0: The title of this morning's sermon is Benefits of Wisdom. My text is Proverbs 2. We're continuing our meditation and reflection on Psalms and Proverbs. And it's been uh, exceptionally good and sweet. Um, so if you are... Uh, Maybe, maybe I, I'm the one who's most excited. <laughs> if you're not against it, this is supposed to be the last message, but we're going to actually dwell on Proverbs and Psalms a little longer. Um, so after the anniversary Sunday, we'll <coughs> stay on this series a few more weeks. God willing. Proverbs 2. Is a, a unique chapter. Last week we talked about the beginning of the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of the Lord, and why that is so, and that's been introductory and um, in, in in foundation of our approach to the wisdom. That's been helpful for us today. We're going to actually whet our whet appetite. Why? And why is it so good? Why is it so beneficial? Why is wisdom better than silver or gold? In our, in our own modern language, you'll be better than Mercedes and Beamers. And as, as I uh, meditate on this, I think there are a few preliminary observations, as as we have done it in uh, in the past. I think that will be helpful. So let's take a look at about four things. Um, <coughs> Number one, <coughs> Proverbs two is is actually second parental appeal from father to son Solomon is addressing to his son so imagine that you are um, you're sending off your son to college and there's a transition between maybe the childhood to adulthood uh, he's finally turning 13 Whatever the transition might be. And this is the moment that father takes initiative to give the talk, the lecture. And Proverbs, as I mentioned last week, is, can be divided simply in two parts. One through eight. Nine is this father-son charge and appeal about Wisdom. And then 10 through 31 is a collection of wise sayings. Um, Starting with Solomon's uh, wisdom, wise saying is themselves. But here, um, this is about second one out of 10. He does this. My son. Obviously, his heart... For his son, in a, uh, later who would become the king of Israel, he has this best intention, hope, as all the fathers will have, mothers would have. But this one is a bit different. It is a one long sentence in the original Hebrew text, it's as if the father is taking a deep breath. Listen, my son. And it is a complex, long sentence. Obviously, because of understanding the modern readers, the translations are divided into a, uh, s- several sentences and different sections, but it is a one cohesive flow of about benefit of wisdom. And furthermore, it is less directive. Father's appeal and admonition is usually command, do this, you shall live. Avoid this. It will it will save your life. Prolong your life. But in this chapter there are no commands, no imperative lots of descriptions descriptive about that but most unique thing is about his approach of this declaration con- with a conditional statement with the protasis, which is the, the if clause, clause and uh, the later on a part which is the, the then clause. If you look at verse 1 to verse 4, if you do this, if you do this, there are three ifs, but if within one if, there are several same things compiled in that. And then verse 5, finally, Then. So he, here's the wisdom of Solomon for us. To whet our appetite, because ours is a generation, the wisdom is some kind of old, old-fashioned, irrelevant, impractical things. So today, I would like to turn the text upside down and go to the benefits first. Let's get our appetites. And then what we need to do to experience and enjoy the benefits of wisdom. So verse 5 through 22, there are at least five benefits. So, Here's the first one. The benefit of wisdom, number one, is knowledge of God and His protection. Verse 5, Then you will... Do you notice this? There is a circular pointing and directions. Last week, fear of the Lord was the beginning of the wisdom. The benefit, the first benefit is actually leads to know God, to and to fear God. And this knowledge, actually, points back to wisdom. So if you pursue wisdom you will get to know God. And if you get to know God, you will actually become wiser. Why is that? As I mentioned last week, we meditate on this because God himself is the originator, the source of all, all things and all truth and all wisdom. And for those who fear God, To them, he becomes a shield. He will protect those who walk in his will, walk in the integrity. So if we become convinced about the fear of the Lord becoming, being the beginning of the wisdom, we need to know this, the foundational, it's almost like a, uh, wait a minute, I, I I think I already heard that, but it comes back again. But this is the foundational thing. What am I saying? Wisdom, it's not a conceptual knowledge. It is relationship with God. So today and this morning, I ask you to think about, am I walking with God? Have I cultivated the intimacy with God? And that is actually the benefit of wisdom and that which leads to wisdom itself. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints, that God is continually hovering over, becomes a protector and keeper. Why? Because the wisdom led us to fear the Lord. So that's the first... Uh, Benefit of wisdom, and I will call it, this is the perpetual, perpetual source for wisdom, God himself. Second benefit is a heart of wisdom and discretion. Verse 9, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and your and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul discretion will watch over you understanding will guide you the second benefit is the wisdom gives us ability to discern a skill of discretion the moral compass so isn't it isn't it usually Kind of true that when we are when we are in the dark, when we feel like a, we lack wisdom and discretion, and you go to the person, counselor, or pastor, or, or wise friend, and you ask, what, what do you, what do you think I should do?" We want to know what to do, but it is like a giving, getting a fish when we are hungry. The wisdom is actually learning to how to fish yourself. That discretion. Is this true? Is this right? Is this healthy? Is this good for me? Ability to discern what is right and wrong. But notice that it says, the wisdom will come into your heart. And in, in... you know, in from the New Testament's perspective, is that Jesus Himself, the wisdom Himself, coming to our our lives, the indwelling Holy Spirit, transforming, impenetrating our soul, and transforming the character of inner person. Once again, I'm reminding us again the heart of Western uh, thoughts is much more of an emotion, feelings. But the Hebrew concept and Biblical concept of heart is a whole inner person that has not only emotions, but mind and judgment. The whole being, soul, is the equal uh, synonym synonym for that. So wisdom is coming into our heart, life, and instead of giving fortune cookies type of quick fix ideas when you do this you, you it will be good for you kind of thing but it gives us character transformation of our character heart of wisdom don't you want that we have an intimate relationship with God because of wisdom lead us to fear the Lord And that relationship builds us the character, inner person, inner life that is wise and has a discretion. And Solomon obviously mentioned these first two things as a foundational thing. And it gets more specific. Moral discretion, right? Moral compass. But number three becomes much more practical. Uh, Benefit is protection from evil people or evil ways. Verse 12, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil And delight in the perverseness of evil men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Lots of descriptions of the evil people. It coincides with evil ways. We need to be wise to understand this doesn 't mean that somehow it's a magical spell uh, is given to us the benefit of wisdom is where we are protected from the presence and evil harm of people that we will never be conned and we will never get into the you know abusive relationships or anything like that no it 's not ordinary. What it does is that wisdom provides us Skills that we need a discretion that we need to to be able to detect what 's harmful what's not good what's wicked so when you are even in the you know workplaces for example when the system itself is wicked and evil, you know what I mean the whole company is telling the employees including from CEO to the the, the bottom of the pyramid, there's an evilness of the system. You have to lie about something. In your conscience, it's not good. How do you deal with that? The wisdom will give you and me strength and ability and skills to turn away from evil ways and evil people. We, t- we often talk about peer pressures for our teenage sons and, and daughters. But and yet, the peer pressure among the adults are sometimes much more stronger and, and, and it's subtle. It's a fear of men, in other words. But wisdom will protect us from the evil ways. And evil people. Those who walk with the wise. Will become wiser. Proverbs 13.20. But the companions of fools. Will suffer. Much harm. For us to be able to. Detect. Who are the fools in, our, in my life. Who I need to stay away from. To be able to detect the simple in our lives, and the people who are not, you know, uh, one way or the other fixed yet, to try to encourage them, and but to be able to know who are the scoffers, who will not become moved at all, and then for us to talking to them, we get either bad response or we become like them. Here's a third third one <clears throat> uh, before that. When and you are reading this, didn't that remind you some of the wisdom psalms? Typical wisdom psalms, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. Notice the progression of the influence of the wicked or the evil. Walk who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And secondly, nor stands in the way of sinners. So this is the fool. So someone who willfully go against the God's will. Right? And finally, nor sits in the seat of scoffer. Lifestyle. It became part of who they are. And scoffers are stubborn and hard hearted, wise in their own eyes. The wisdom will help us to stay away from those. If we don't watch out and become vigilant, we lose the moral compass. What happens is we become continually, slowly, subtly influenced by the simpleton the council, what they're, what they're giving us quick fixes and the activities of the fools and the lifestyle of the scoffer here's a fourth one I believe protection from seductive forbidden woman I, I forgot to you should put a slash and men as well because this is an ancient text and in our days it directly (laughs) applies to man and woman verse 16 so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. There are other passages. Um, Solomon uh, sternly charges his son to stay away from this kind of woman. One would think that, oh, they're mainly just thinking about, talking about, uh, maybe the prostitutes of the day, the loosed woman. You have to specifically go to these street bars or some other places, red light districts, some kind of awfully sinful places to encounter this. So we exempt ourselves, I'm not really you No, know, we should think of it as this forbidden woman is wh- anyone who's outside of God's will and a lot of TV dramas it's actually about that, flirting with married woman flirting with married man, just kind of play along with these emotions and conversations to all go to the sexual affair? Obviously not. But a lot of those sexual affairs started with those starting playing with fires. And Solomon warns us and gives us the wisdom is that you will have a strength to stand up against that kind of seduction and temptation. Or we could even, it could even you know, in, include the, the modern temptation of pornography, internet pornography. This is toxic. This relationship is toxic. These might not be those red light district prostitutes at all These might be middle, upper class people who live next door who work next, next to your cubicles. But wisdom will protect us from those toxic relationships and seductions beyond our control. Lest, for, lest we think that, oh, um, the Bible is so no fun. It's against any having fun. I love sex. What is wrong with sex? Okay, let me give you very blunt, direct Bible's admonition. Some of you need to write this down and take it home. Proverbs 5, 18-21 Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth a lovely dear, a graceful doe let her breasts fill you at all times with delight <laughs> be intoxicated always in her love We're talking about maximum pleasures of sex God designed. Don't go to forbidden woman. Don't go to forbidden man. Go to your spouse. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's way are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. Wisdom protects our hearts before our body. Meaning there's a subtle kind of thoughts of temptation, seduction, uh, our foolish mind and default mode plays with it we 're wise, strong in our own eyes, so you know some people can 't really handle this rated R or some people handle cannot do soft porn, but i 'm okay i 'm not affected by that, or some people might have a problem with talking to men and women, just you know my husband, my wife, understands that. Of course, everyone is different, but wisdom protects your heart. And once again, a sign of fool is one who is wise and strong in their own eyes. Here's a fifth and last one. This is more of a Summary and conclusion, conclusive remark. The fifth one, is we should call it a life kept on the upright and righteous path. Verse 20. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those, who, those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. This old testament has a very strong connection of the land. When whenever you you hear about the land, they will remain in the land or they will inherit in the in, in the land. Inherit the land is it's part of God's blessing. Even for example, Israelites through the Mosaic Law. The conditional thing was this. If you obey these commandments, you will be blessed and you will experience all this. But if you turn away and worship idols, you will be rooted out from this land, land of promised land, Canaan. God's covenant land. And eventually what happens? The Israelites disobeyed and they ran away and worshipped the idol and they were rooted out of their land and then went into captivity. And God had mercy to return them. So this is the, the, the idea of, of about land. How should we understand it? This is constant blessing in our lives. That you will be blossomed in God's blessing. Eventually, you might think that you get away when you go a wicked way, but you'll be rooted out. The consequences will be in even this life, in long, long run. But for eternity, it will be for sure. So the wisdom leads us to the right path right lifestyle right and me, the conclusion is the foolish and the wicked ways is judged by God going back to wisdom psalm, psalm 1 psalm 1 puts the same thing this way verse 3 He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. You will remain in the land. But, verse 4, the wicked are not so. Wicked is another nickname for the foolish um, but are like chaff, that wind drives away. for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. <coughs> so going forth in nine, uh, and going forth in this year, 2014, these are five benefits of wisdom. which is foundationally, fundamentally good. This is not a quick fix and shortcuts, but it's foundationally, it will give us character and skills that we need to cope with to life. The question then automatically comes up, how do we experience it? How do we get it? <coughs> I think... The reason why I flipped the text is because of this anticipation and then the if clauses are not really soft, it's intense. It's very poignant and very direct to us. Let's pay attention to how. Verse one through four, I want to see as the I want us to see as a big picture of all things. Frankly, it's talking about one thing in several directions. But to, for our study, let's identify four things. But here's the verses first. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight... And raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver, and search for it as a forbidden treasure, number one thing we need this this eager receptivity. It's not just the oh okay I'm open. You're very uh, relaxed. I'm open for any truth, any wisdom. This picture is eager receptivity, meaning. My son, receive my words. Treasure up the idea of you don't let it go, and you treasure up the idea of meditating God's word. On, you know, on the on God's word, the same thing, similar. Express eager receptivity. Am I not only open to God's word? Okay. By the way, the wisdom is not some kind of a. The vague ideas, and some only contained somewhere and secretly. Notice when verse one, when Solomon says, "Receive my words," and then it will say, "My commandments." That word, commandments, has direct relationship with the law of God, and some people actually uh, translate that as a Torah five books of Moses. So uh, modern believers like you and me, Christ followers, it is absolutely a good idea for us to think about God's word, scripture. My son, if you receive scripture and treasure of God's word with you, making your ear attentive to God's word, inclining your heart to, to understanding of God's word, and so on so eager receptivity to God's word of course the posture applies to any teaching openness and teachability number two it, we must have a proactive learning did you notice that attentive ear and inclined heart it is um, active engagement Chewing on God's word. And if we are in any sense we're convinced, we need to look at our quiet time differently. It doesn't make quiet times doesn't make you a better person. But what makes so beneficial is that you eagerly receptive, go after God's word, and you meditate on it, you engage with it, then I will do that. And obviously, sometimes legalism comes, comes in into our lives, and just the dutifulness or the fear of others, what, they, what people might think. But today, this morning, if you are any convinced about win, benefits of wisdom, we need to have that. Proactive learning as well as eager receptivity. And obviously number three is diligent search. If you call out and if you raise your voice so you don't wait for that. You search and this is more than more uh, proactive intentional than just waiting for things to come to you you actually go after and finally we must have high regard of wisdom seek it like silver and search it as a for, for uh, hidden treasures so if you want those benefits we need to have this very proactive intentional diligence search of God's word and wisdom in summary let's put it the scripture right side up this is basically summary of the chapter if you receive my words if you treasure up my commandments with you if, my son, if you make your ear attentive wisdom, if you incline your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek, seek it like silver, if you search for it as, a, as for hidden treasure, then, and only then, you will have the knowledge of God and His protection. A heart of wisdom and discretion. You will have protection from evil people and ways, and you, you will have protection from seductive forbidden women and men. Life kept on the right, righteous path. And my prayer for each one of us is turn. Let's switch on. Be under alert. Jesus' word. The days are evil. Making the most of our time. Becoming wise. How shall we become wise? How shall we enjoy the benefits? We need to be eager. We need to be proactive. May God help us and give us encouragement and and guidance in this coming week. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for this admonition to, to every single one of us. We do think about our children. And it, our desire is also to give this kind of talk to our children in their precious uh, prime time of their transitional time. Our teenage sons and daughters, our young, young children who will be going to middle school. But before that, Lord, we turn to you and we boldly ask that you will give us hunger and motivation and drive to go after and search and have a diligent search for your wisdom. May, may your God's word revered and valued and cherished in this community. And we pray that you will Open our eyes that we may see the wondrous things in your word, in your wisdom. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.